Hello, everyone. This is Raul Ramirez of the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we help you elevate your grappling, and together we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, so you can find us, I think now, I guess, I thought we were on all the different podcast sites or whatever, but I guess we might not have been on the iHeartRadio, but we're on it now. So if, uh, you should be able to find the Catch Wrestling Alliance pod on there, too. And if you're listening uh, on there, yeah, welcome. Uh, I'm glad we're finally on there. I thought we'd be on all of them already, but anyway. Uh, yeah, we're also on Twitch and all that stuff, too. So we should be on most things now. Um, so if you, if you um, you know, wherever you're, wherever you're listening to us from or watching us from, uh, thank you very much. So we've got a lot of different things going on. So um, this next month, basically the end of September right now. Um, and we will be starting our catch wrestling classes at UCLA again, uh, starting in October. They, they're on a shorter schedule. They're not semesters or the quarter system. So their uh, quarters are very short. So that's why we're starting so late. Like I know most uh, schools start even like in September or uh, some maybe even August and stuff. So uh, UCLA is just a little bit different. They have three quarters uh, that they that they uh, go through during the academic year, and then you'll have like a, a summer session if you want. But um, anyway, we're not starting. We're not starting yet. But if you're in the Los Angeles area and you want to come train, we always have uh, our ongoing class at Fight Science MMA. That is in Mid City, so you can find us, and there's you don't have to join the gym. You can always just do a drop-in fee. That is totally uh, fine, totally acceptable. Um, so if you want to try to uh, get some uh, catch wrestling practice in, it's definitely going to be different than doing like amateur wrestling with you know like freestyle and folk style. Uh, I know it's kind of hard to find uh, just in general. Um, uh, if I know some, I know there are some places in Los Angeles that do have uh, training just for you know amateur wrestling. Uh, but if you're doing like nogi or um, you know submission wrestling stuff, it's it 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 is better to like work on catch wrestling directly, especially if it's catch wrestling like authentic catch wrestling where it's wrestling based, you know, wrestling heavy, not just like all these uh, what we call show holds like trick like submissions like trying to like uh we say like uh submission chain stuff um uh it should be wrestling heavy because that's that's the way wrestling was you know the whole idea of like pinning somebody and then you might be able to get the submission hold or you use the like they weren't necessarily called submission holds at the time but they're wrestling holds so like double wrist lock all these different things were to control the person uh so it if you want to come do that, we're always here at Fight Science MMA. The other thing, uh, there, um, if you have something to teach, so it doesn't have to be uh, catch wrestling related, doesn't have to be uh, sports related. You can always uh, use our affiliate link in the in the description for Kajabi if you have something to to teach and you join. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I can totally help you how uh, to show you how it works. And uh, if you join, then it's going to help us here on our channel. So uh, just throwing that out there. So it's all in our description below. But so let's get to our main topic 
oh sorry one more one more uh, announcement so next friday uh we're going to be doing some catch wrestling matches here in los angeles uh yes they will be filmed we probably won't do a live stream because uh, that's just a little too difficult at least for us um, at the venue so uh everything will be filmed and it will be up on our youtube channel so uh not to worry uh, i'll try to get it up as soon as possible maybe even the same night hopefully so uh be on the lookout for that that should be uh, next friday next friday so um uh, we should have several matches uh yeah we might depending on because uh, is this there's we do have a lot of people um signed up so um we depending on because it's you know they all have a wide uh wide variety of weights you know and sizes uh so i don't know maybe we can do some absolute tournament or something like that or we can just do uh, single matches we'll see um we'll see like I'll, I'll talk to the people and uh, see what we can get so but we'll definitely have several matches uh next friday night and then yeah we'll get them on our youtube channel right away Okay, with that being said, let's go ahead and get to the main uh, subject for today. It's coaching, right? Actually, I got a bunch of notes because there's actually a lot of research on coaching. So um, I think you should know about all this stuff. So um, with that being said, like, so there's a lot of uh, different ideas about what good coaching is. And, um, and a lot of times people believe that uh, coaching or coaches should be very strict and, uh, you know, like overbearing and they should belittle people and, you know, really uh, make people, uh, you know, struggle so hard. And that's what's going to uh, make them like better athletes and stuff. But um, all that stuff was research. It was put to the test and the results might surprise a lot of people so you because you, you we we associate and then i guess there's even movies about like grueling uh coaching programs that got results but it turns out when you actually look at the the numbers uh the the results weren't actually very good and uh the results from athletes of several different sports if the coach uh, was one of these like we call it like autocratic coaching with like heavy handed. Um, so let's go ahead and give a de uh, description here from my notes. Cause I want to try to uh, make sure that you got a, as much information. Cause I thought it was interesting. So I wanted to share it. So, so autocratic coaching is a heavy handed style where the coach makes all the decisions without input from the team. This style can negatively impact team cohesion and communication. So, um, these types of things where when they look at the long-term performance of athletes not only do they not perform as well if they go to other coaches or other teams um like they still like they still like they still don't win as much as they could have uh with like a not so negative coach so other coaching behaviors can include other negative coaching behaviors can include so i made a list so tearing down self-esteem creating an unsafe learning environment using fear humiliation and disrespectful behaviors as teaching tools being emotionally and sometimes physically abusive 
other signs uh, of like bad coaching or just like negative coaching, right? Prioritizing winning over everything else, picking favorites, providing negative feedback, uh, having poor communication with their athletes, right? So um, I, I don't want to say like, like you shouldn't provide feedback, right? Uh, you definitely provide, you definitely have to provide feedback as a coach, but it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be done in a belittling way, right? Because ultimately, yeah, like it's great to see your athletes win and it's great as, as an athlete to win, but there's a lot of foundational things that need to be in place in order for you to achieve, uh, necessarily achieve greatness, but at least to win more than you lose, right? That's ultimately the goal because you want to do, especially like in, um, combat sports and say like jujitsu because we in jujitsu um there is uh competition like world competition for like all kinds of ages right so there's like the 60 you know, age 60 and up division and whatnot so uh, you can be doing like grappling for a very very long time you can be using your catch wrestling in all kinds of competitions for a very very long time it, just as long as you take care of yourself but if you're in uh, an environment or if your coach creates an environment where it makes you not want to go to practice or you feel worse about yourself, uh, that's not the way you should be uh, approaching your training, right? You shouldn't be feeling bad about yourself. You should, it shouldn't be um, belittling, right? And so uh, the evidence shows that's, that's like done from several studies that that type of coaching doesn't actually uh, yield the best results. It doesn't yield the winningest uh, strategies, right? So instead of like just being negative and belittling your athletes, right? Um, here we can um, we can say it. so. Further in my notes, right? That's like uh, some common challenges faced by coaches include not setting clear objectives and expected outcomes for the coaching session, right? So a lot of it is just like. It's not like pampering athletes, but it is setting clear objectives, right? So it's like, you know, you, or you set it up where the athlete understands like what's expected, how we're going to go about like the methodology, but the, the coach themselves doesn't have to be like yelling in the athlete's ear all the time. They don't have to, you know, so there's like famous instances where coaches would like they maybe uh, hit people or you know really yell at them or put them down totally not necessary and you actually don't get good uh, the best performance you can um so other things uh that the other challenges faced by coaches right communication gaps between the coach and coachee right so yeah it's 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 not just one way, you know, you have to be listening and kind of reading the room basically, right? Um, and lack of accountability. Um, uh, so it's like you, you want, basically that all goes part of like setting goals, setting expectations, right? And so then uh, the accountability thing would be like, you know, if someone's, if the athlete's really not trying and stuff, then it can be obvious. So if you make everything clear, then if someone's not uh, like following the program, it's going to be very obvious, right? Uh, also, coaches really shouldn't be spoon feeding solutions to the client, 
or the the athlete, right? And um, coaching is not seen. So like uh, disorganized coach, and so and then also time management. So if you're you can't be just like there like uh, talking all the time, or you can't be you know you gotta you gotta set like the the say like going back with the time management stuff like that all that stuff has to be uh thought out and organized beforehand so that the athlete gets the most out of their time with you right and so then they get the most out of say like learning practicing drilling um and also that they feel that they can communicate with uh the coach and so then um like so, so ultimately the athlete is like there is an individual. And so even though they so will take in, since this is a, all about catch wrestling, let's go and take catch wrestling into consideration. So there's like some fundamental moves and stuff in wrestling that like every athlete or every catch wrestler should know. But from that point, so from that foundation, like if you build that in your athletes, then, uh, then each individual athlete can form their own style right so they can uh, they still have that foundation but then they can do things in in kind of like their own way with their own personality um they can find out what moves work best for them and they don't necessarily have to do everything the same way so uh, no athlete should be like in this cookie cutter kind of way but the coach themselves should develop say like a curriculum where at least everyone knows like what fundam like fundamental or foundational moves uh, should be like at the core of their curriculum and then and then from there once you understand the foundational moves and the principles then you can be more free in the way you like train the way you roll or especially especially the way you the way you roll, the way you spar, or the way you compete, you can be much more flexible because you have a strong uh, foundation to fall back onto, right? So that's kind of the thing that you want to be, or that's the way you want to be approaching, like coaching. Uh, that's say if you're the athlete, you want to be in an environment that's like that, where it's like you have clear, uh, you understand what's expected. But uh, the the coach communicates with you. The coach cares about you learning. The coach isn't like uh, being so negative, yelling at you all the time, or yelling at everyone, making people feel bad. That's not the environment you want to be in because ultimately, uh, the research shows that it's actually a losing way of coaching. You know, the, the coaches that so while while there are some maybe some famous coaches or where people think like they they've yelled at their uh, athletes and treated them bad and they got great results well uh, statistically speaking they didn't get as good a results as they could have all right so i got another uh i got a link here <laughs> so, uh, so this is one article where they talk about uh, coaching styles and their impact on athletes right so uh, i got this link up here i should probably put it in the notes Darn. So there's my lack of <laughs> a lack of organization here, right? So, uh, but no, it was just, it was just um, Trine University on their website. Uh, they kind of uh, they kind of uh, did a synopsis of 
uh, all the different studies. So there are several studies, even recent ones uh, done in 2020, so 2020, uh, 2017, uh, McCone um, uh, study, and a 2020 study done by Jones. So they say all coaches have their unique coaching style and the way it's implemented will affect their athletes' performance. So this is from uh, McCones in, um, in 2017, right? So the impact on athletes' motivation and performance can be extremely significant. The varying styles of coaching could either fulfill or neglect an athlete's psychological needs because that is ultimately the most important aspect of competition, Right. And even showing up to to train. Right. So if, if you're not motivating your athletes to sh even show up, then, you know, they're not even they're not even going to get to the point where they can compete. But then when you get to the point of competition, then there's all these other foundational things, uh, foundational supports that your athlete needs in order to feel um, what is it like that they're uh, that they're able to compete in like a. And it's like they're competing for themselves because they're enjoying it, right? And not because someone's yelling at them and all that and like they feel demoralized and whatnot. So uh, there's all these different things that go into that, right? So uh, another study done by Jones in 2020, they said they also investigated different coaching styles and their impact on athletes to find the most efficient coaching styles. The, let me see. Um Jones in 2020 found that youth and high school athletes prevailed most under democratic and social support coaching styles. In college athletes, it was suggested that a democratic style of coaching led to more team cohesion and freedom. Jones in 2020 then suggested that an autocratic or authoritarian style of coaching was not efficient for any athlete. An autocratic style doesn't allow freedom or autonomy that athletes need to succeed. In a, in a similar study by Brinton in 2017, it revealed that authoritative coaching styles were a significant predictor of autonomy and competence by an athlete. An authoritarian coaching style was a significant negative predictor of an athlete autonomy levels. So what they mean by the autonomy levels is the whole idea where it's like, you get this really good foundation Right, so of techniques of understanding how wrestling is done, how catch wrestling is done, how the with double wrist lock, the the toe holds, the, these principles, but you don't like in a way it's like you don't embody them, right? You don't own them in your mind, and because you don't you don't like have this uh, these this environment where it's like safe and positive and. Uh, like to learn so that you, you're not really able to communicate with your coach uh, what like in a way where you can understand everything even better. So that ultimately then makes your performance suffer. You could be, you could be winning more matches, right? If everything was a more, we say like, well, at least what they, they, dec they describe or what they call a more uh, democratic coaching style. Let me see. There are some other things, I think. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, several studies, right? So one from North Central University in 2018. The coaches have the power to motivate their athletes' minds and muscles as they train and improve performance. 
the only way to achieve this is by maintaining a positive relationship with their players and proving that they can trust and fully commit to the team. So beyond just the the like the athlete coach interview or interview uh, relationship athlete between the athlete and coach, then. I believe it's still the responsibility of the coach to then uh, create an environment where every member uh, of the class or the team can then get along. So uh, you don't want uh, your athletes like belittling each other then, right? You want everything to be positive. You want people or the different athletes supporting each other, uh, not putting someone down because they're a beginner and they don't know all the techniques. It's, it's, you should be built every, uh, every stage or every aspect of the class should be positive and like uh, supportive and like you, you build each other up, right? And that's how you, you ultimately make the strongest team, right? Uh, so that's what they're talking about in that study, in the 2018 study. Uh, yes, as many athletes will continue and learn and grow with multiple coaches in their lifetime. So it's a coach's job to be one that many would call a role model um, as they will be impacting their athletes' lives more than they originally may think. All right, so then to be a successful coach and role model, it will be important for them to consider many different coaching styles that will be the most effective for their team's performance. All right, so um, again, so that like I just what listed like four studies that they put in one article that they summarized basically like, you don't want um, you don't want to be like overbearing. You really want to create expectations. You got to be clear with your athletes, and you got to create like a positive environment uh, for uh, the whole the team as a whole, where everyone is supporting each other, and where everyone can communicate freely their needs. And um, if they don't understand something, you know that that all these different problems can be figured out, so that everyone feels comfortable coming to practice and beyond practice if they compete then they feel comfortable in competition so that's uh there's so many different levels to this so many different layers um you know so if anybody has any comments you know feel free if you've had experiences with uh like bad coaches i i have and and uh, there but there are many so that was the things like many fav many famous instances of coaching there's even been movies done about like grueling coaching um uh, experiences and uh researchers like went to find out how did these athletes who participated in these uh, grueling experiences uh, how ultimately did they perform and it wasn't great um but we kind of mythologize these uh these dictator type coaches and um ultimately Statistically speaking, they're not the winningest coaches, even if they're famous. And so at the UCLA, we have um, a really famous coach, Coach John Wooden. Um, we, like all his sayings are all over the, the, the school, or at least in, I work in the John Wooden Center um, where I teach classes. And um, so a lot of his quotes are all over the place, but it they're all actually very supportive. And uh, so not only were they... Uh, trying to get the best out of the basketball team. They were uh, trying to help build, you know, good role models, good uh, positive environments 
in their in the training room, but also out in the competition. And yeah, so they they had like a dynasty. I think they won the national championship like ten years in a row. And um, so, uh, if, so that's kind of the idea. And so hopefully this can. So if you're an athlete, hopefully this can help you decide. So maybe if you're if you're not feeling great about your jujitsu coach or whatever. You know, maybe you can try a different school or whatever. So uh, maybe something to think about. You know, if you want to um, uh, get out of a bad environment, you know, think about it. There's a lot of resources online um, to kind of help you decide. Like, am I in a bad coaching scenario? Or if, like, say you're not getting the results you want and you just feel bad, but you really want to be a competitor, um, and your coach is like, uh, you know putting you down and uh everyone at the gym has a bad ego and all that then it's probably not the environment for you and it's really not the environment for them either you know it's like uh is that what one study on basketball players uh showed that like if they were professional basketball players if once except they if they got recruited uh, by one uh one team where the coaching was um like very we say like a dictatorial or whatever like a, and you know very negative they found that through for the rest of the career of each athlete even if they played on you know they got traded and played in different teams um they still committed more fouls they, they also had like kind of like this chip on the sh their shoulder for the rest of their career so um that's it like, yeah yeah if you, if you if you think you're in a bad coaching situation then yeah like probably want to leave all right, we got a comment. Karanu, has anyone ever said you look like Mark Kerr? Uh, I don't. I don't know. No, that's never. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I know what he looks like. So I got. I got to change my haircut. Not just kidding. No. Uh, no. It could be a compliment. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I think he lived here in LA. I don't know if he still lives here. Uh, but no um all right so um does anybody have comments on the, the coaching style have you been in a bad coaching situation or uh you know you might you might like that kind of crazy uh overbearing style i personally don't um, um and the science kind of like backs me up in a way where it says like ultimately that's not the winningest style of coaching so you gotta if you want to be a good coach there's a lot that goes into it right so being more empathetic and listening and all that so um coach really has to be a good role model and like it's got to be more than just someone that tells people what to do and um how to do it so there's there's a lot that goes into it and i think sometimes like uh say like with i'm, I'm just gonna say jujitsu because like say in los angeles we have so many jujitsu schools um, that there's all these different jujitsu instructors, right? So um, if you go and like everyone's like all, all the other team members or the people in the class are negative and, you know, like putting people down, um, then it, and it's probably like a result of the coaching style. So then, you know, ultimately it's probably going to be in a bad environment. And say if you're in Los Angeles and you have, uh, you have tons of jujitsu classes to choose from, you know, maybe look around, you know, 
you might find a more positive environment. And if you're in that environment, then you can get better results if you want to compete. So something to think about. Also, we have, um, oh yeah, we on our website, we have coaching available. If you want to try to, if you want to have some sessions with me where we can kind of strategize different ways to improve your coaching or even improve strength and conditioning or uh, nutrition, uh, different, different things. Uh, you can take advantage of my expertise. I've been working in gyms for decades now. So um, I was a trainer for UCLA, also for different uh, student athletes and whatnot. Um, and also I'm a, I'm a physician. So, uh, you know, take advantage of my expertise to see if it can't help you get better results as a coach or as an athlete. So, uh, all right, we got some comments. Kiranu, do you think Gotch versus Hackenschmidt was a legitimate shoot? Um, so that was back like in the early, early 1900s. Uh, it's possible. I mean, I don't want to, I know a lot of people uh, just want to think like every, uh, every match, every wrestling match was uh, worked or fake or predetermined, right? Um, um, but, you know, a lot of them weren't. So there's still at that time, uh, it was definitely before the time where every, virtually every match uh, became what we call a work. Um, yeah, I don't want to always like uh, just like make them seem like they're all predetermined. Um, so and that was early enough where potentially it could have been an actual we say like a shoot, right? So a, a, an authentic match, um, totally possible. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things about uh, professional uh, wrestling at that time where, you know, people will argue about it for 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 the, the, the end of time, right? Because uh, like there's some, some historians where they try to claim like, oh, you can't find video of that match, not because it's really old and, um, you know, deteriorated, but it's because no one, it was, so obviously fake that um, that like no one wanted to watch it and everything was destroyed. So I've, I've read that from some historians, um, but you know it's like there's still say like the like you can find it on YouTube. The quality is not as good as um, actually I have a, I've seen the original version because um, the original version of the. Uh, Stecker versus a Caddick match in Madison Square Garden. Um, that one was found by my friend and historian Mike Chapman. Uh, so I was at Mike Chapman's home and we watched it together. And it was actually much more clear than even uh, what's on YouTube. So if you ever get a chance, uh, see if you can't get a more clear version. Uh, but I mean, yeah, even. Uh, like that one looks pretty authentic. Like it's, um, you know, and uh, what uh, Mike showed it to several, I think he even showed it to Luthez, uh, who is, if you don't know who he was, he's one of the, considered one of the greatest American uh, professional wrestlers and just wrestlers. Um, and, you know, he even says like, this looks very real to him. You know, it didn't look like a shoot. And so even though he has, you know, Thez has a lot of experience um, with, you know, predetermined matches. So uh, you have a lot that from that time period uh, that was still very real. So, you know, but people can argue 
Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, definitely, you know, it wasn't much long after that where a lot of the matches became predetermined, where you didn't really have to even know wrestling to become a champion and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, it's up to your imagination, I guess. All right. Any other questions or comments? Okay, go ahead and sh shoot them in the into the thing. Oh, Gary uh, Hilsheim catches awesome. I want to call out Anthony Pacek. Okay. I wonder if he's uh, competing. I think he's actually been like a commentator uh, for Subspectrum. So, yeah, we'll see. Oh, joking aside, thank you for posting this. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problems. I hope that this might be able to help people because uh, I've even uh, been in, like, uh, I've been checking out because I have to travel a lot too, right? So, um, I, you know, I try to go to different uh, gyms and I train. Usually, I usually try to find, like, a different nogi uh, jiu-jitsu class and, like, some uh, some places, some environments are pretty negative, you know. And actually, even one of the places that, asked me to teach here in Los Angeles. I was good. I'm, I don't want to make it seem like this, but um, they this one jiu-jitsu school wanted to have a variety of classes. So they wanted to bring in, uh, say, like catch wrestling, and I also teach the Chinese kickboxing and stuff. So they wanted to have a variety of stuff. But uh, when I would take the classes, like their jiu-jitsu classes to like, you know, to, you know, for, for fun, right? Um, there was a lot of like ego and whatnot and so it's just bad overall so uh, you know that the school actually ended up going out of business so um there were so, a lot of people that i really liked there and you know the manager and stuff was really proactive but um i think the coaching and stuff the what would it attract ultimate ultimately in the jujitsu jiu program uh was probably more negative than positive so uh it ended up being bad for the gym too in my opinion, right? Um, so hopefully this can kind of give you an idea where it's like, say you go to a gym, you want you say you want to train, you want to do no gi or gi, whatever. Um, uh, you know, think about it because uh, you you as an athlete, you not only do you have to know techniques, you also have to have that like the psychological aspect like uh, feel fulfilled, right? Where uh, you need that support, not only from your coach, but also from your teammates, right? So that you can feel comfortable uh, when you compete. Gary, uh, is actually, I can put it up on the screen. Is there any catch tournament coming up? I feel like they fell off with COVID. Another question, what is a bigger challenge to catch wrestling currently? Uh, Cool. Um, or what is the biggest challenge to catch wrestling currently? Uh, so yes. So I, I announced it earlier. So actually, this coming Friday, uh, the October sixth. So not not a couple of days from now. They're not tomorrow, right? Um, but next Friday in Los Angeles, we're going to have some catch wrestling matches, and they will be uh, recorded and put up on our on our uh, YouTube channel. So you'll be able to see them. Um, I think after that, we'll try to do more and more. Uh, matches regularly uh even at the gym i teach at in fight science mma uh they've expanded the facility so there's actually a lot of room we also have like a cage to have matches in or say like um in 10th planet in the he headquarters in los angeles 
they have a large-ish space and they have uh, they have competitions there too. I guess I saw that just last week they had like tryouts for a professional grappling league and stuff. So um, yeah, the, I think now that um, you know all the COVID stuff is uh, at least all the COVID restrictions have died down. Now we can just get back to it. So Gary, if you're in LA, if you're willing to come to LA, I think we'll probably have more stuff here in Los Angeles. Uh, so if you can make it, then we'll see if we can uh, set, set up a match between you and Anthony Pacek. <laughs> Let's even get him out here. He's in he's in Iowa actually. I don't know where you live, but um, he's out there. So, uh, but we'll see if we can set set something up for you too. All right, so I think we'll go ahead and sign off. So uh, go ahead and check out our website uh, if you can. If you want to train with us and you're not in Los Angeles, you can uh, go to our CWA Academy. That's on our website. We have all kinds of different one-off courses there too. Uh, the academy also has a really great uh, online community where we I post tons more videos in there also, and then you can communicate with other people uh, who are training. So like from different parts of the country and the world. Uh, so uh, there's a lot for you there. Uh, also too, if you want to work on, like if you need support, if you need coaching, right? Uh, we also have an online coaching program through there as well. Uh, so uh, check it out. Uh, if you wanna just support us through our YouTube channel, that's great too. I also post a lot of extra videos uh, behind the, like the YouTube paywall on our catch wrestling alliance youtube channel so i think all this stuff can help elevate your grappling and then together we can keep real wrestling alive thank you very much see you next time